0: So here's I'm just going to rush through what we talked about last Sunday and then pick right up there in the middle where we left off. 2nd Chronicles 26 not 26 but 20 verse 6 says you speaking of God rule over all kingdoms of the nations power and might are in your hand. Listen to this. No one can withstand you. That 2nd Chronicles chapter 20 verse 6 kind of the anchor verse for everything we're talking about right now no one can withstand god that's what the bible says no one does that mean somebody that's really strong-willed can withstand god no can that mean a satanist can withstand god no can that mean a president of the united states can withstand god no Can that mean a group of people can withstand God? No. No one, no thing can withstand our God. That should bring us a ton of peace. No sickness can withstand God. No amount of rebellion can withstand God. No amount of pride can withstand God. No amount of wealth or influence or power can withstand God. Why It says here, power and might are in your hand. Now, we love to say and pray, God, you have all the power, you all have all the authority. Why does God have all the power and the authority? Because he is sovereign. He is sovereign. I don't think we should get so caught up in his power and his authority as we should in his sheer sovereignty. God speaks the word and it happens, God lifts his hand and something happens. His decision is what matters. So we read through Psalms 46. I'm not going to read it again, but if you get a chance and didn't get, it, didn't get to this week, read Psalms 46. Powerful message on sovereignty. By the way, I'm reading the Bible differently now. I'm not reading it as nice, wonderful promises. I'm reading it as the sovereign word of God. God says something's going to happen. It's going to happen. That's God's sovereignty. We read all kinds of miscellaneous other scriptures about how God controls time. He gets to the place where evil reaches a certain level, and he says, enough is enough. I'm stopping this. And what happens? Pompeii gets frozen in time. Too much evil going on in that place. Volcano happens. Boom, it's frozen in time. We can go visit it today, and we can see what happens when God says, enough is enough. Or you can go visit, um, oh, shoot, it slipped my mind. What's the name of this little town uh, in in, uh, Arizona where there was a gold rush? I can't remember what it's called. We went and visited. Tombstone, Tombstone. Go visit Tombstone sometime and see what happens when God says enough is enough. Too much riches, too much prostitution, too much corruption, and God put an end to it by flooding the mines there, and they couldn't mine there anymore. God says, enough is enough. Go visit Berlin and see the wall broken down when God said, enough is enough of this iron curtain. curtain, I'm not going to put up with it anymore. That's our sovereign God. He controls seasons. He controls times. He controls kingdoms. And he, when his word says, you know what? We're going we're to go ahead and bless the United States and boom, in 200 years, we are what we are because of ourselves. No way. That's God. Now, we better be careful because he could make the opposite decision after millions of abortions, after violence spread all over the place, after rampant greed. God could say, enough is enough. I've had it with the United States, and I'm done with it. we got to be careful. God is sovereign. So we studied that. The times and seasons are in his hand. Praise God. He says... In um, Isaiah 46, 9, we read this last time, but I'll read it again. My purpose will stand. I will do what I please. That's the God that we serve. You say, well, why does he allow this? Why does he allow people to suffer? Well, we're going to get to in the coming Sundays. We'll talk about that. God's sovereignty still stands despite of the chaos that we see and the abuse that we see. We read Psalms 91, read it in a different light, not nice, wonderful little promises of the Lord, albeit they are, that's the sovereign word of God. He who stays in the shadow, the presence of God, will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. The Almighty, the sovereign God, praise the Lord. But then we started seeing some of these instances where God said something specific about a specific situation, a specific point in time, and he said, this is what's going to happen, and it happened. Amen. So you know what? God's sovereignty is overall in times and seasons and kind of a macro level at a high level, but he's also at a micro level in your life. And he wants to express his sovereignty in your life, and your day-to-day walk with him. Let me give you a couple of examples. We read 2 Kings 19, 28, where God says through one of his uh, prophets there, he says, you rage against me, and because your insolence has reached my ears, I will put a hook in your nose, a bit in your mouth, and I will make you to return back to the way that you came from. What he was speaking of was this Assyrian king Uh, who had kind of a general, Sennacherib, who was coming against Jerusalem. And God said, no, 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 I'm going to put a hook in his nose, I'm going to put a bit in his mouth, and I'm going to turn your enemy and I'm going to lead him back to the way that he came from. And you know what, that's exactly what happened. And Sennacherib went back to Assyria, and while he was in his temple worshiping his idols, the Bible tells us his own sons came and cut him down. (laughs) When God gets involved, nothing can stop the Lord. Nothing can stop the Lord. We read also in Joshua uh, an example there. We read in 2 Chronicles 20 another example there. But let me give you a couple of more examples, all right? In Joshua 1.1, 1, 1, here we find a famous set of scriptures. If you've been in the church any length of time, you've read this. If you haven't, don't worry about it. Let me read it to you right now. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun. See, Moses had been leading the israelites around the desert for 40 some odd years all right and he had an assistant named joshua and this assistant was coming up behind him was learning how to how to deal with a sovereign god How to listen to God. And and so Moses dies, and now Joshua is his, his successor. And he says, now then, you and all these people, this is God speaking to Joshua, get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land I'm about to give them, to the Israelites. Listen to this, his sovereign word to Joshua. He says, I will give you every place where you set your foot, as I promised Moses. Your territory will extend from And he names the boundaries of the territory of of Israel. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land that I swore to their ancestors to give them. That was the sovereign word of God to Joshua. You know what that did? That stood Joshua up. It propped him up. And the rest of his life, he fulfilled the sovereign word of God. And everywhere that man placed his foot, was taken territory from his enemies and given to the to the people of Israel as an inheritance. An unbelievable sovereign word of God. Then we look at Isaiah 43. And I'm going to read it to you. I love this. This is the sovereign word of God. All right. uh, I went to England a while back and they kept talking about the sovereign, the sovereign this, the sovereign that. I even ate some... A coronation sandwich. Everything was about the queen, all right? Everything. And apparently whatever the queen says pretty much goes outside of whatever parliament decides. But I got to thinking, I know the sovereign of the universe. And the sovereign of the universe knows me. Knows me by name. The Bible says he's got my name inscribed on the palm of his hand. My name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You know how I know that? Because I've opened my heart to Jesus and I've said, Jesus, please come into my life. Please come into my life. Have you made that decision? Have you made that decision to to open wide the doors of your heart and say, Jesus, be sovereign of my life. Be the sovereign of my life. See, a lot of people want a savior, but very few people are willing to take God as Lord. He's the Lord of my life. Is he the Lord of your life? What does Lord mean? That means he's making the decisions for you. He's sovereign. And so anyways, here we see in Isaiah 43, it says, but now, but now, this is what the Lord says, He who created you, Jacob, he who formed you, Israel, and there you can put your name in there. Instead of Jacob, instead of Israel, put in, uh, you know, Willie May or put in Steve or put in Fletcher, whatever it is. Put your name in this in these verses. It says, Do not fear, for I have redeemed you. That's a sovereign word of God. What does redeem mean? He's bought you back. (laughs) He's protected you for himself. He's taken you for himself. He says, I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Lee, you belong to God. Teresa, you belong to God. Maggie, you belong to God. He has taken you sovereignly and said, you are mine and you belong to me. Not in a bad way, in a good way. Thank God I belong to God. That's who I want to belong to. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. Period. End of story. Uh, um, And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep you away. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. I will give Egypt for your ransom, Cush and Sheba for your stead. You mean the world. I'm sorry for this, mic. Just don't pay any attention to it. It's okay. All right. You know what? You mean the world to the Lord. Did you know that? Don't brag about how much you love God. Brag about how much he loves you. (laughs) Who cares how much I love God? What matters is he loves me. Praise God. He'll he'll ransom me. He'll pay the price for me to restore me. Some of you guys that are going to be going into the prison, you're going to have to sign a form that says if we're taken hostage, they won't ransom you. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I'm not trying to weed you out, but when we go into the state prison, if something happens, they're not going to ransom us. You know what? That's not the case with God. He paid the price for you. He paid the price for you, and he'll continue. It was paid once, and that's all that's required, but hear me out. He'll continue to pay the price for your freedom. It was paid once. It's done. It's fulfilled. But in yours, in my mind, it continues to be paid time after time. That's a sovereign, loving God that we have. Verse 4, it says, Since you're precious and honored in my sight. H.M.'s daughters, you're precious and honored in God's sight. All right? Because I love you, I will exchange people for you, nations in exchange for your life. What an amazing, sovereign word there in Isaiah 43 powerful. God is going to do what he's got to do to get a hold of you and to help you and to encourage you and to sustain you. You pass through the waters, you won't be swept away. Isaiah 1, 4. Here's some more verses. I told you last Sunday, this is just scripture after scripture after scripture. Hey, that's the best thing. We don't need anything else. We just need the Bible. Let's say, okay, it says Isaiah 1, 4. It says, the word of the Lord came to me saying, Anytime you read in the Bible the word of the Lord came to me saying he's saying the sovereign Word of God the so, the word of God that will not return to him void It will accomplish the purpose for which it was sent. It says this in verse 5 before I formed you in the womb I knew you. Do you know that? I knew you before you were born I set you apart I had a plan for you. I had a purpose for you. I appointed you as a prophet. He's speaking to Jeremiah, a prophet to the nations. But you know what? He appointed you too. He appointed you. It's not too late to discover God's purpose for your life. It's not too late. My granddad, if I have this right, my dad's side, became a pastor at age 70, or built his first church at age 70. It's not too late to fulfill God's purpose in your life. Alas, sovereign Lord, Jeremiah says in verse 6, I don't know how to speak. I'm too young. There's the excuse. I'm too young. I'm too old. I'm too busy. I'm this. I'm that. Stop making excuses and listen to the sovereign Lord. Do what God has called you to do. Be who God has called you to be. But the Lord said to me, Do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and I will rescue you, declares the Lord. The sovereign word of God to Jeremiah and to us as well. Second Kings 20, verse 4. Here's a another quick story of the kind of the grassroots sovereignty of God. See, we 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 believe God's in control of the universe and of this world and of this decade or this century, but is he in control of my life? Because that's what I need to know. I need to know that, and so here's some examples. Um, so there's this king named Hezekiah, and um, he's been told that he's not gonna live very long. He's not. His life is close to being over. And so this prophet named Isaiah leaves the middle court of the palace and the word, the word of the Lord came to that prophet Isaiah saying, go back and tell King Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. I have heard your prayer. I have seen your tears. I will heal you. And on the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I've added 15 years to your life. That's the sovereign God. He decides. In fact, the Bible says it's appointed once for man to die and then the judgment. God has your life scoped out. And if we would come in sync with God, our life would make so much more sense. We look at our lives outside of God's sovereignty and it's like, I'm out of control. I can't figure out what I'm doing. I don't have enough time for this. I don't have enough time for that. And God's saying, slow down and listen to my sovereign word to you. Just listen to what I have for you. And Exodus 16 is another example. The Lord says to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of these Israelites. They're out in the desert. They don't have enough to, to eat. But he says, tell them at twilight, you will eat meat And in the morning you will be filled with bread then you will know that i'm the lord the lord the sovereign lord your god that evening listen to what happens quail came in and covered the whole camp they were hungry and in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp when the dew was gone thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor When the Israelites saw this, they said to each other, What is this? For they did not know what it was. And Moses said to them, This is the bread the Lord has given you to eat. Let me tell you what. God doesn't need your employer to provide for you. God doesn't need the government to provide for you. He doesn't need you to provide for you. He is your provider. He provides through your employer. He provides through the government. He provides through your ingenuity sometimes. But you know what? It's God that provides. He's sovereign. He's sovereign. He's not going to let anything slip through his hands. But in Isaiah 61, I love this, says in, in verse 1, the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on Each of us will acknowledge it. if We've opened our hearts to the Lord because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom to captives and release from darkness to prisoners. God wants to use you to see other people freed up in different, unique ways. Some of us can help the addict here some of us can help mentor somebody some of us can help heal a a wounded heart or a loss all of us have the ability with the spirit of the sovereign lord upon us to bless others would you start being a blessing for other people do you figure out how you can start blessing other people god wants you to use that be used that way It, it Oh, this is about to drive me crazy, I'm sorry. Um, I was watching a commercial yesterday, that just broke my heart, and it's some medication for those that suffer from bipolar, uh, the bipolar disorder. And the, the commercials show different scenes of this lady, sometimes she's depressed, other times she's highly irritable, other times she's suffering from all kinds of fluctuations and emotions. And and thank God for medication. But you know what? Jesus is the answer for someone who suffers from that. And so you ask me, well, what's on my heart? How would I like to help people? I would love to help people who have mental illness or or people who have emotional instability because God has helped me get stabilized. I want to help other people. And you know what I've found the simple solution is? The simple solution. Is the Word of God is medicine to the mind the Bible is medicine to the mind and I've already seen it happen in probably more people that I can count those who decide to read the Bible and practice it find that their minds are healed it works it works so pour the Word of God into yourself receive from God. That's all you can do, by the way, in life is receive. Receive from God. Receive from God. Receive from God. He will clean the inside of you out, and you will be set free from the torturous thoughts that go through your mind so often. God is a powerful God. So receive from the sovereign God. But you read on. I'm not going to read it all. In Isaiah uh, 61, the sovereign spirit comes down on people, and they start to minister to others in incredible way maybe giving food to people, maybe going and doing a prison ministry. Who knows what it is? God wants to use us because his sovereign spirit is upon us. Zechariah 4, verse 6, uh, here's another example. So he said to me, This is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel. So this prophet Zechariah hears from God and says, Speak to this other man named Zerubbabel. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. Man, sovereign (laughs) encapsulates those two words, Lord Almighty. In other words, God who does whatever he's going to do, and he does it mightily. He says, What are you, mighty mountain, before Zerubbabel? You will become level ground. Then he will bring out the capstone to shouts of... God bless it. God bless it. Now, I I challenge you to read Zechariah so that you can know the backstory to this. Then the word of the Lord came to me and says, The hands of Zerubbabel has laid the foundation of the temple. His hands will complete it. Now, that's a sovereign word from God. He started the temple. See, Zerubbabel was overseeing the rebuilding of the temple there in Jerusalem. And God said, The man who started this is the man that's going to finish it. And God's speaking that to some of your hearts this morning as well. The thing that you've started and seems to be running out of fuel and sputtering and splurting a little bit, he's saying you're going to finish strong. You're going to finish strong. Whatever you've started, I'm going to help you finish that in the name of Jesus. Then you will know that the Lord Almighty has sent me to you. Who'd, listen to this verse. This is amazing. The same same scripture in, Ze- in Zechariah 4, verse 10 now. Who dares despise the, despise the day of small beginnings? Praise God. And ask yourself, and I'm about to throw this microphone against the wall right now. Um, I want you to ask yourself, is that what it is? I wear this ring every Sunday, but I'm taking it off. I'll tell you that much if I can. Ah, there we go. Let's see, Tim. <laughs> that's going to be great if that's the solution. Um, who dares despise the day of small beginnings? Have you started on something that's small? The sovereign Lord is saying, I'm going to make it big for you. I'm going to make it big for you. You feel small. You You feel insignificant, puny. You may be trying your hand at something small. The sovereign God gets behind you, and he's going to make it huge for you. He's going to make it huge for you. Our God is unstoppable. Do you know that? And you say, but look, look at me versus so-and-so. They failed. The difference between so-and-so and you is you're under the sovereign hand of God. You have the sovereign spirit of God on your shoulders. You, therefore, as a child of God, are unstoppable as well. Begin to believe that, believe, begin to receive that. I think of that, um, that uh, centurion, that centurion that, that, man, this is working. This is great. I'm That ring, phew, it's coming off. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think of that centurion. He said to the Lord, he had a servant that was sick, and he said to the Lord, if you will just say the word, Lord, my servant will be healed. What he was referring to was the sovereignty of God is, God, if you'll just say it, it'll be done. How was, how was creation taken care of? At the spoken word of the sovereign God. He said, if you'll just say it, my servant will be healed. And then he turned around and said something very interesting that we're going to look at in a couple of Sundays here. He said, I'm a man of a, under authority with people under authority as, as well. And here's the point. If you will come under God's sovereignty and say, God, I'm going to do it your way from now on. I'm not going to do it my way anymore. I'm going to come under your sovereignty. You're going to help me make the decisions I need to make, the paths that I need to walk on. When he does that, your life is going to look different from other people's. You're going to make the comparing and contrasting. Well, I didn't save enough for retirement, and somehow God is taking care of my retirement. Or I didn't live the healthiest life in the world, but God somehow is keeping my body healthy even though. Why? Because I'm under the sovereign hand of God. I didn't get a college education, but somehow I have a decent paying job. Why is that? God, so-and-so didn't get an education, and they didn't do well. Why? Because the spirit of the sovereign God is upon me. Praise God. How do you do that? Open your heart to the Lord. Say, God, come into my life Here's my heart, here's my messes, here's my noodley, spaghettied life that got all messed up. Can you please straighten it out, Lord? You open your life, he starts reordering your life. And his sovereignty starts saying, "Uh uh-uh, that's not gonna happen to you even though you smoked all your life, or even though you did drugs, or even though you got divorced a couple of times. I'm gonna be in charge of your life, and you're not going to sow; you're not going to reap the consequences that others might, because of the sovereign God, the sovereign God. Well, let me give you just a couple of examples, and we'll finish up here. Just personal examples. I had a friend long time ago, who I saw him getting off the right track. Wrong, getting off the right track. I am enjoying not having a ring, by the way. This is, this is awesome. Tim, you need to move to El Paso, man. We'll be in better shape. <laughs> All right. So I have this friend. And I see him getting off the right track in a bad way, in an accelerated way, long time ago. And so I started praying for this friend of mine, saying, God, help him. You know, here's here's the tendency we have. Help him to get back on the right path or help him to get off drugs. Help him to do this or not do that. That's how we tend to pray. Nothing wrong with that prayer. There's better ways of praying, but that is a, a way to pray. And as I was praying for this guy, listen to this. I felt the Lord say, his life is not going to be destroyed. His life is not going to be destroyed. Heard it, not in my ear, but, you know, sensed it in my, my spirit. As you hear God more and more, you realize he talks in a far deeper way than in the superficial auditory or visual way. So, so guess what? As the years progressed, my friend got back on the right track. And to date, his life has not been destroyed by his decisions. Wow, that's pretty amazing, right? I'm going to give you a couple of other examples. And unfortunately, they're examples that you've already heard, but that's all I have to work with, okay? So I'm going I'm to give you a couple of examples you've already heard, and I'm, I'm sorry for it. But never forget sitting in youth. I was 20-some-odd. There was this new guy in the youth group. And he says, the doctor, his lungs are frozen. I don't know what kind of disease or what he had. His lungs are, are frozen up. And the doctor says, uh, told him that he had 80% chance of dying or, or getting his lungs fixed. I can't remember exactly what it was. And as I was sitting there thinking, listening to him, felt the Holy Spirit tell me, what if I say there's a 100% chance that he's going to be fine? The sovereign word of God. See, I heard it. I heard it. I sensed it. Six weeks later, the guy was totally healed. Yes. Not in our church, in a different place. But he, he was totally healed. So who cares where he's, he's healed? That's the point, right? All right? I'm thinking of the terrifying phobia that I had that I was going to get a divorce someday. Just always worried. I'm gonna, I am had to love my wife. She loved me. But always fearful. One day, the Lord spoke to me and said, you're never going to get a divorce. Sovereign word of God coming to me and I held on to it I just grabbed hold of it remember I was struggling with my job once and worried that I was going to lose my job and I'd drive up to my house every day and think oh God I'm going to lose my house and the sovereign word of God came to me and said you're never going to lose your house you know the sovereign word of God spoken into our hearts of our day-to-day things that we face and God says no it's not going to happen we latch on to it and his sovereignty comes through don't you want to live that way don't you want the sovereign god to speak something in your heart that you can hold fast to and believe and have faith in god wants to speak to your heart he does he wants to speak to your heart and you have your own example. You have your own fears. You have your own struggles, your own trials, your own decisions you need to make. You, you're concerned about people that you love, that you see going down the wrong track. You know what I counsel you to do? And we're going to talk about this in the coming Sundays. Listen to God, because he has something to say about it. And what I'm learning more and more is, okay, God, here's the problem. <laughs> I see it. <laughs> it's right smacking from my face. It's an impossibility. It's a train coming down the tracks pretty fast. It's about to run over me. What do you have to say about it, God? What do you have to say about this right here? Start listening to God, and God's going to start dropping his word into your heart, and you can count on it. You can count on what you hear from God.